So today we are again continuing our worships or our sermon series, the sermon that turned the world upside down. Today's verse is going to be Matthew 5 9. It says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. On May 6, 1945, my grandfather was a 20-year-old tank driver in the 16th Armored Division. This is really close to the end of World War II. They had pushed forward into western Czechoslovakia, and the 16th Armored Division was tasked with liberating the city of Pilsen, Czechoslovakia, and capturing a munitions plant there. Now, six years before this, in 1939, Western Czechoslovakia had been given to Nazi Germany, had been given to Hitler, and the hope was in doing that, when they did it, that it would bring peace to Europe. They were hoping to avoid another war like they had had 20 years earlier. Of course, we know that that didn't work out. In trying to appease Hitler and bring peace to Europe, they really just fed his appetite, and Hitler went on to start another bloody, long war in Europe. Now, the citizens of Pilsen had been forced to support that war. They didn't want to. It wasn't their cause. But they had to do it, or they faced arrest. They faced being beaten. They faced being murdered. Anybody, of course, who was Jewish in the town was sent out to concentration camps. And for six years, these citizens had not known peace. So, on the 6th of May, when the 16th Armored Division came in and drove the Nazis out, and after the fighting had stopped, the citizens of Pilsen poured out into the streets. They poured out and celebrated. My grandfather tells stories of how they were coming out. Everyone's hugging them. The girls are all kissing the soldiers. They had very little, but what they had, they were giving to these soldiers, thanking them for bringing them peace, finally, after all of these years. They still have a Liberation Day festival every year in Pilsen where they honor those who brought them peace. It is a big deal to have been robbed of peace and to finally have it is a great and wonderful thing. And those who bring it to you, you are going to thank. You are going to sing their praises. Now with all due respect to my grandfather and the men who fought with him, and the men and women in our armed forces now, there is a greater peacemaker than them. And he does it in a very different way than they brought peace to those in Pilsen. See, God, to make peace with us, sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. You realize that we were still God's enemies when He did that? That's what the Bible teaches us. Not that we were so awesome and so great that God wanted to make peace with us 
Not that we had grown close to God ourselves. But while we were still enemies, God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. That is great and wonderful news. That's why we gather here today. That's why we just sing a song. That's why we're going to sing more songs. That's why we take communion remembering what Jesus did on the cross together. Because God has made peace with us. Not at a cost to us, but at a cost to Himself. By sending His Son, Jesus. Alright, nobody thought it was crazy for those, the citizens of Pilsen to come out and sing the praises of their peacemakers or to give to their peacemakers. And so we should be doing so all the more to God who has offered us peace. It's a wonderful thing. Because we have received such a great, amazing peace from God, we need to be peacemakers ourselves. We need to be extending that peace that God has given us to others, to those around us. Our coworkers, our family, our friends. If they do not have their faith in Jesus, then they are still God's enemies. And God is an enemy we should not want anybody to have. We should want them to be at peace with God as well. Okay, we don't want to be like the kid in freeze tag who would always run around everybody who was frozen and never unfreeze them. Okay, there was a kid I knew. He was famous for this on the playground. We'd be playing freeze tag and he'd run by you laughing at you that he was free and you weren't. I can remember once, I'm not kidding, from me to the front row, that's all the farther apart we were. We're both frozen. We're sitting there. Somebody came by and unfroze him. He runs right in front of my face, laughing at me the whole way that I'm frozen. Hey, like, are you kidding me? Like, the only reason you're unfrozen is because somebody came by and unfroze you. And all you're going to do now is run by me, laughing at me? Oh, I hated playing freeze tag with that kid. We do not want to be like that. We have been given peace. God has extended peace through His Son, Jesus Christ, to us. And other people need that peace. And we need to be extending it to them. We need to be sharing the gospel of peace with them. So, the great thing about the gospel is that it doesn't just bring peace between God and people. It certainly does that, and that is an amazing thing. But even more, or also amazing about this, is that it brings peace between people as well. Uh, the Apostle Paul made this point very clear in Ephesians 2. There were Jews who had come to faith in Jesus, and there were Gentiles who had come to faith in Jesus. And if you know anything about the history of the Jews, they have not gotten along well with their neighbors pretty much ever. So these are two groups of people who are hostile towards each other. 
But Paul tells them, no, Jesus came down. He came to die on the cross and to reconcile both Jews and Gentiles to God. And because he has come to do that, that erases any hostility between the two groups. The gospel does that. It unites us. No matter what our differences may be, whether it is race, nationality, social class, economic class, it doesn't matter. The gospel erases those hostilities. It unites us as image bearers of God who have been redeemed. And that is more important than anything else. I knew a pastor in Southern California. And we would go, uh, the church I was at in Colorado, we would go once a year and help them out. It was in an inner city, Los Angeles. Very poor neighborhood. Um, but this man had uh, gone there 30 years back. He is from the middle of Oklahoma. All right, So very different than the people he has been called to. He packed, packed his family up in a station wagon with all they had, moved out to this poor, poor neighborhood in California. They are literally the only white family there. When we would go and help, I would notice that as we went from house to house, that most of the houses we went to had nobody speaking English there. And so I was very lost for a lot of the conversations. But I started to notice that it was bothering me in my heart that these people were not speaking English that we were going to. We, um, you know, I had that mentality that, hey, you're here. You should be speaking the language that we speak. Illegal immigration, of course, is a very hot button issue everywhere, but especially in the southwestern part of the United States where there are a lot of illegal immigrants. And I think it had started bothering other people in the group that had gone with us as well, and the pastor had started to notice it. The pastor said, I am here to spread the seed of the gospel to people. And I don't care whether they are black or white or Hispanic. I don't care if they are here legally or illegally. They are here where I have been called to share the gospel. And I am going to do it no matter what. See, he understood that the gospel erases those divides. I was very convicted of that when he spoke like that. And it was true that he didn't care. If you saw who the people were that were in his church and who he ministered to, you knew that he valued the gospel above any difference. In his congregation were fugitives from the law who had come there and through him come to faith in Jesus and actually turn themselves in. There were drug dealers. There were prostitutes. There were homeless people. There were legal immigrants. There were illegal immigrants. They were all there united because of the gospel. That is a beautiful thing. And that is what the gospel should do. It brings peace, first of all, between us and God, but it brings peace between us and other people too because it is primary. It is the most important thing. It matters more than any other thing about you, whether you 
have received the gospel by faith or not. We are called to be peacemakers. Now, in being peacemakers, we are going to be like our Heavenly Father. And this passage says as much. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That's the thing about children, is children reflect their parents. I know this is especially true of me and my father. I love my dad. My dad is a legend on so many levels. But one of the things that makes my dad legendary, and if you're friends with him on Facebook, you know this, is he loves to cook. My dad loves to cook. He cooks everything. Steaks on the grill, barbecue, Mexican, Italian, some of his own creations that can only be classified as his own creation. I mean, it doesn't, it defies all other explanation. And yet it's good. It's wonderful. And if you look at my dad's kitchen when he is done cooking, it looks like a bomb went off in that kitchen. There is food everywhere. How did this happen? I don't even understand. But like my father, I love to cook. I cook a lot of things. I think I do a pretty good job of it. I think it turns out pretty well most of the time. And like my father, my stove looks like a bomb went off on it when I am done cooking. If you take a look at our kitchens, you say, oh yeah, these two, they're related. And it goes beyond just cooking. Even though I'm much taller than my dad, we are built very physically similar. Our legs are way too short for the rest of our body. When we put on weight, it's not here or here. It's all right here. That's where we put on our weight. We walk with our feet kind of pointed out like a duck. And when we run, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, we kind of prance when we run. I don't know why, but we do. But you look at me and you say, that is definitely his son. And when we are peacemakers, people look at us and they see us and they see us reflecting our Heavenly Father, the ultimate peacemaker. All right, so how are we going to do this? How are we going to reflect our Heavenly Father? How are we going to apply this to our lives? Well, first... And foremost, I've already mentioned, but I'm going to say it again because it's that important. We are going to extend the gospel to those around us. We are going to offer them that same peace that we have. doesn't matter who they are, where they came from, what they've done. We need to be extending and sharing the gospel that Jesus Christ came down, died on the cross for sinners so that they could be at peace with God the Father. <clears throat> now, that's, that's one way. Now, the second way is going to be broken up into a few things, and that is actually being at peace with people around us ourselves. Not just extending them peace between God and them, but extending peace between ourselves and them. So to do that, one thing we are absolutely going to have to do, to be at peace to be a peacemaker with people around us is we're going to have to forgive them. That is what God has done with us. He has forgiven us. That's how we are at peace with Him. And we are going to have to do the same with others. We are going to have to extend them forgiveness. 
And I do not want to make light of this because I know people have sinned against us and sometimes they have sinned against us in very horrific ways. We are still called to be peacemakers with them and extend forgiveness to them. There's a story of a lady in Minneapolis. Her name is Mary Johnson. She had one child. And when he was 20 years old, he was shot and killed by a 16-year-old kid at a party. That 16-year-old kid uh, was given 25 years in prison for murdering this woman's son. This woman was a devout believer in Jesus Christ. And she was compelled because of that faith to go to this prison and extend forgiveness to the man who killed her son. And she didn't just kind of do it. She went all out in doing this. She went to the prison. She asked to meet with him. The man was like, why in the world does this woman want to meet with me? I killed her son. And he was very taken aback when he sat down and the first thing she said was, look, I don't know you. I don't know why you did what you did but I want you to know that I forgive you. And he was really taken back by that. He didn't know how to respond, but she kept coming back and she kept visiting him and extending him that forgiveness. And they have peace with each other now. So much so that when he was finally released from prison, she was his reference so that he could move into an apartment that was right next door to her. They are next door neighbors now, living in peace because of the Gospel. She was compelled by the Gospel to extend this man forgiveness for killing her son. That is an amazing story, and that is how we are called to be. We are called to be peacemakers. It takes action on our part, and it takes us forgiving those who have wronged us. Next, we're going to have to ask for forgiveness when we wrong others, when we sin against others. You and I, we aren't perfect. We are going to sin against others in our life. And when we do, we need to be confessing that to them. We need to be apologizing and asking for their forgiveness. Even if your sin was in response to them sinning against you first, we still need to, for our part, be peacemakers. We need to ask forgiveness for how we have sinned against people. I had to do this with one of, uh, I've had to do this with many people in my life, <laughs> but I had to do this once with one of my brother's girlfriends. She was terrible for him. Let's not lie here, okay? She was not, it was not a good combination, these two. But my way of being a protective older brother about it was just to be a complete jerk to this girl. I was awful. When I walked in the room and we were in the same room together, the temperature dropped about 25 degrees. It got chilly in there really quick. Fortunately, I'd like to say I realized it right away, but I didn't. It went on for some time. And finally, one day, 
after talking to my brother, I was really convicted that how I was treating her was a sin. I was sinning against her. And so I had to call her up and apologize and ask for forgiveness for what I had been doing to her. I'd like to tell you that phone call went well. It didn't. She was not happy with me and she was not in a very forgiving mood. But as far as it depended on me, I did what I could to make peace with her. And that's what we need to be doing. To be a peacemaker is to confess our sins against people to them and ask for their forgiveness. The next time we actually got together, there was more peace. And we were actually able to be civil towards each other, at least until the, uh, well, we still are, but their relationship ended. All right, so being peacemakers, we're going to share the gospel with people, the ultimate message of peace. We're going to do that. We're going to forgive others when they have wronged us. We are going to ask for forgiveness when we wrong others. And finally, one last thing I want to hit on is that we are going to be people who do not create drama in our lives and in the lives of those around us. One easy, easy way, well not easy, but simple way to do this is to cut gossip out of our mouths. To take that out. Do you know something bad about someone? Great, keep it to yourself. Okay, Because what are you going to do when you are gossiping about someone to other people? You're going to create drama. You could cost them friends. You're certainly going to hamper any sort of relationship between you and that person. There were these wonderful propaganda posters uh, in World War II uh, that, that hit on this idea, only it wasn't about gossip, it was talking about troop movements and good shipments. Because there were lots of spies in the U.S., both for Japan and for Germany, And if people knew when their son was getting shipped out and they started talking about it, then the enemy had a chance of hearing what was going on and attacking those troop movements. And so the slogans on these propaganda posters were things like, loose lips might sink ships, or careless talk cost lives. We need to have that same attitude with our words when we are talking about people. We should not be undermining them. We should not be talking behind their back, costing them relationships, and costing a great chance to have a relationship and extend peace with them. Because we have been called not to bring division amongst people. We have been called to be peacemakers. Because remember that we were once God's enemies ourselves. But now we have peace with Him through faith in Jesus Christ. Since we have that peace with God, and we are children of God, we should be extending that peace to others. The Gospel should be on our tongues at all times. It should be in our actions at all times. So that we are called peacemakers. 
sons and daughters who bring glory to God, our Heavenly Father.